We all need anchor points to keep us grounded through transition seasons. Welcome to Navigate, everybody. I'm Tim Austin, and this is the podcast designed to take the guesswork out of transition. Whether a transition is looming in your future or you're trying to make sense out of a past or current transition, this show's for you. In each episode, I'll introduce strategies and tools individuals and teams can use to effectively navigate seasons of change. At Navigate, we want to help you leverage the challenges of change for optimal growth. Difficult transitions have a way of uprooting and destabilizing us. In this episode of Navigate, our conversation will focus on ways to anchor ourselves when the winds of change come our way. Today I'll be talking to Pastor Ray Shelton about anchoring oneself through seasons of change. Ray Shelton leads Prayer Ministries Network, which grew out of six years of prayer schools he and his wife Joanne conducted at the J.H. Ranch in Northern California. Individuals and couples from across the nation attend their one-week intensive training and ministry programs. The Sheltons also developed for couples a one-hour training called One Note Prayer on how to pray together as husband and wife. It is widely used by others in marriage training events. Since moving back to Chico, California in 2014, Ray has continued in local prayer ministries, as well as serving as a chaplain to the Chico Police Department. After more than 50 years of pastoral and teaching ministry, he has become an advocate for the kingdom of heaven on earth, the gospel, which, according to Jesus, is to be preached in all nations as a witness. Ray and Joanne carry this anointed message in all they do as a gift to the body of Christ. The Sheltons reside in Chico, California, where they also serve on assignment as pastoral consultants at a local church. They have three daughters, six grandchildren, and two great-grandchildren. Thanks so much for joining me today, Ray. You're welcome, Tim. It's nice to be with you. Yeah, I'm just so so excited for this uh, conversation we're going to be having today. Um, we go back a ways. and <laughs> That we do. Yeah, shortly after I became a follower of Jesus, um, you became my pastor. Right. Yeah, and you were already my parents' pastor and a pastor to my wife's family. Uh, so I guess you could say you were there, um, we could say you were there when the foundation was being laid, you know, in our lives. And um, so, so grateful for that, which you guys, you and Joanne have, have invested into both my wife and I, our lives. And um, even our marriage, uh, you not only that, you know, you had a significant role in helping to lay the foundation uh, from discipleship to facilitating uh, my my first exposure to cross-cultural ministry. Uh, if you remember a, a missions trip to Jamaica that you facilitated. Extremely well. <laughs> yeah. 1980 so, summer. <laughs> I, I, can, I can blame you for that, right? <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, and then marriage counseling and officiating at our wedding vows and and a lot of, a lot of history there, a lot of great memories. Well, I can tell you for sure, Tim, we're proud of you guys and uh, what the Lord has uh, brought you to. Thank you, Ray. Well, we love you guys, and and even I have really you know looked up to you and admired you, um, mostly as we have observed you from afar um, from our overseas context, uh, as you and Joanne navigated some big shifts and changes in life and ministry roles, locations, uh, et cetera. So um, maybe you could just bring us up to speed in terms of where you are now 
and how you got here and what you most look forward to these days. In a way, Tim, we've come full circle. I, uh, I came to Chico, California in 1978, and we were led by the Spirit to take up the pastorate at First Assembly here. Mm-hmm. And we held that for 12 years and then felt led off in another direction. But 25 years later, um, we still had children in Chico, and uh, we were looking for a place to retire. And we decided this would be it. So five years ago, almost five years ago, uh, we came back here, relocated, resettled, and have been discovering what supposed retirement is supposed to be about. And it's been a fairly uh, substantial transition, believe it or not. Yes. So, you know, we have to define what retirement looks for, like, for everybody in their unique personal uh, stories. And so what does that look like for you? Well, so far, it hasn't looked like anything I expected because I wasn't thinking so much of retiring as just shifting uh, location and continuing on with the kinds of prayer ministries and other mm-hmm. things that John and I had been doing. But in reality, we were re-entering a community from which we had been absent 25 years and so that picture is different from the way we thought it might be. And um, I, there are some things for which I'm very grateful and some things uh, which have been challenging. And that's part of every transition, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, as you were just, you know, as you're talking, I'm, I'm thinking of, uh, you know, the, the reentry kind of transitions that missionaries have and that we had just a few years ago coming back to the States after after 20 years and being somewhat fairly disconnected from our roots, so to speak, and, and our, um, relate those relationships that at one point ran deep. And then you're wondering, what's it going to look like here as I transition back? And so for you guys, how did that feel? What did it look like? How were you able to, to transition? Um, what were some maybe bumps in the road that you didn't expect or some, surprises along the way? Well, it's a good question. And I'm going to go back a bit Mm -hmm. and talk about another transition that even had greater impact because it was a complete change of life and ministry. And that was back in 03 when Joanne and I left pastoring. Mm. We had been living in our RV, which we had purchased for a couple of years earlier. And um, we were leaving pastoring altogether and going into a completely new line of ministry. And I think that was much more challenging and maybe even upsetting than what we're doing now. So Mm. chances are we were fairly well prepared for this transition. It just required a few little adjustment to bumps in the road. But uh, most of our transitions in ministry have been fairly fluid, uh, fairly not really difficult, and I can explain in a minute why that is true. Mm-hmm. Um, this one to Chico hasn't been that difficult. It just had some bumps. The big one was when we left pastoring because we changed everything. Mm. Uh, we left a congregation. We left a familiar surrounding. We headed off into things that we had never really done before. And I think it was mostly impactful on Joanne because 
our last child left the house about that time. Mm-hmm. Then there was no congregation anymore. And then things became unfamiliar. And so uh, uh, one of the things we faced was really a time of minor depression in her life. And I had to live with that and live with her and mm-hmm. uh, help her and work myself through these processes. And so um, I thought that with your permission, um, addressing the issues of transition of any kind at almost any time, I would share a few of the things maybe that I've learned about the process. Is, is that something you'd like to hear? Absolutely, Pastor Ray. I think that would be great. You know, um, we, you know, I often say people I work with or, or in this podcast that transitions are, are fertile ground for growth, but they can also feel, feel like shaky ground. Um, so there's that, there's, there's a lot of things that, you know, are, that, uh, encompass transition and, and there you got the, from everything from the excitement to a new season, to the adventure that we are on with God and what's next to the instability and the uncertainty and all those things. So I'd love to hear, I would love to hear, and I know that the listeners uh, of this podcast would love to hear what are some of those uh, experiences and things that uh, we could glean and gain insight in, you know, from, from your personal transition story. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. I think the first thing that comes to mind is a question. During transition, the question is, who's in control? Mm. And, um, most of us like the feeling that we are at least partially in control. We like to be in charge of something that's going on in our life. And so positive transitions don't challenge that as much as negative transitions and by negative, I simply mean a transition that perhaps you weren't anticipating or not expecting or even wanted to take place, but it did anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, the question, who's in control, goes back to the basis of our faith, the substance of what our faith looks like and what it means. And um, it's usually accompanied by this question, what is the extent of my loss or of my gain during this time of transition? And Having to answer those puts us back deeply into the relationship that we share, not only with the people around us, but with the Father God himself. Um, I'm going back to a particular time. This was almost 50 years ago, and I was in a situation that had become burdensome emotionally to me, and I, I guess, just put it bluntly, I wanted out. Mm-hmm. And I had been praying about the Lord helping us get out and make change. Um, and I was, I was pondering that. And I was at the same time reading in the book of Genesis. And I came across the story of Hagar, who was the um, servant, basically the slave of Abraham's wife, Sarah. And um, Sarah kicked her servant out just told her to get out. Mm -hmm. And an angel found Hagar wandering in the wilderness, and he asked her two things. He said, Hagar, where have you come from, and where are you going? Mm. And her only answer was, I'm running away from my mistress. She had no answer to the other part of the question. She wasn't going anywhere. She was just running away. Mm. And God's Spirit spoke to my heart as I was reading that, And it came across as a personal exhortation because he called me by name. 
He said, Ray, I don't ever want you running away from things. I want you moving toward things. That became a really valuable life lesson for me, Tim. And as I said, that was almost 50 years ago. And it, it has stuck with me. And it's always caused me to evaluate any transition in the light of this. Am I running away or am I running toward? Hmm. And so the idea of who is in control of our destiny, um, we all kind of remember some of the strange sayings that uh, Yogi Berra had. One of them was, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, hello, uh, <laughs> don't I have to choose here about which fork I take? And, and, you know, sometimes we get a choice. Sometimes we can choose left or right. Uh, but sometimes we're forced down something that maybe we didn't think we were choosing. But here's what I've discovered. According to the scripture, God causes everything to work out for good. Mm. Yeah. And according to the scripture, God has only one overarching will for my life. And that's according to Romans eight twenty nine, that we become conformed to the image of his son. So if I understand that God is in control of the process that changes my life and character to be more in conformation with Jesus, it certainly helps bring peace into the unsettled times. God is at work. God yeah. is working in this transition. I'm not the only one here. I am here with the Holy Spirit. I am here with the Word of God. And if I'm not running away from whatever it is that has been placed in front of me, then I am moving towards something. Hmm. An attitude adjustment. That's a perspective adjustment that, that has helped me tremendously to realize that the, the tough times, the challenges, and the bumps in the road uh, are not unattended. We are being attended mm. by the one who has saved us and is leading us toward a destination. We have a destiny. Yeah. We've been able over the time to see God at work in my destiny. So that was the first lesson I think the Lord taught me about transmission. Uh, transition is don't be running away. Mm -hmm. Be running towards something. Yeah. And, and the Lord is guiding you and helping you along that way. Yeah. And how, you know, and I love that, how, you know, the, the, the analogy you used and, and the example you brought uh, about Hagar and how do you, when that's a, obviously that's a, a we may not, we may, might not say a forced transition, but certainly a, a difficult transition and one that came because of hard times. How would you say that looks the same or different, you know, that kind of looking or moving ahead in a transition rather than running away from something, moving ahead and looking forward, how does that look the same or different, what, whether it's a, a forced transition or a difficult uh, transition or something, a transition you're excited about and, and easily, you know, uh, drawn to? Well, this last one was something we anticipated. We planned for it. Uh, when we retired from active full-time ministry and decided to be back here in Chico, around our family and friends and remake our connections from the past. Uh, we were happy about that. And there was some excitement in it, and it was something moving forward for us. Mm -hmm. But there's always the unexpected. There are the things that don't materialize. There are the connections that don't come together. And, and so the adjustments I had to make, and it's been constant. It hasn't just been, oh, 
I made this attitude adjustment and everything's fine. Mm -hmm. No. As the years wear on, we discover that changes have occurred within us and to us, as well as the ones that we effected. I mean, we Mm -hmm. made some changes, but the others just happened. And so the other thing I've had to constantly remember, Tim, is to keep a record of how the Lord and I are walking along together. And here's how I do that. Most of my life has been a journaling process. By journaling, I mean I have written uh, notebook after notebook after notebook. I have a box full and a computer full of journaling and notes that I've written as I have read the word and prayed and and walked along my journey with the Lord. Uh, I can't say too much about journaling, and the reason is simply this. When we are in unexpected moments, when we are dealing with challenges, and whether negative or positive, they can still present challenge. When we're dealing with challenge, oftentimes our thought processes if they're not being expressed in a meaningful way, will get jumbled up inside of us and we lose track of Mm -hmm. what God is doing and saying in our life. I dare say that I could take you back through my journals and track everything that I've ever done and everything that's ever happened to me, not because I journaled every day of my life, but because the journaling has been so consistent over the periods of my life that I can see, mm. I have written down, as in the time it takes to write things down, your thoughts will become organized, and it gives your emotions a chance to respond, instead of just keeping everything kind of contained and unsorted uh, on the inside. Journaling helps sort things out. It helps release thoughts and feelings and get them out on paper where you can see them objectively, think about them, and then process them, especially in prayer. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have made the Word of God and my prayer life and my friendship with God through the Holy Spirit a major prime factor of my life, and I still do to this day. As a matter of fact, I can remember once, many, many, many years ago, decades ago, uh, sitting in my car one day, and I was just thinking about God and talking to God, and I finally heard myself say, Lord, I didn't realize it, but all this time you have been my best friend. Mm. It's when we discover friendship with God, friendship with the Father, and that's what Jesus came to reveal to us, that we begin to discover how God leads us in our life and and works these things out. But it is a process, and we're part of the process. It's not God doing something to me. Mm-hmm. It's the Lord and I interacting until things happen in me. Yeah, yeah. And so the relationship, I can't overestimate the relationship aspect, and that is always supported by the Word of God, by the prayers that we pray, and the journaling that I've done over the years has certainly helped. It's a sorting process, it's an organizing process, and then it's a releasing process because I can finally find the track that the Lord has me on with some anticipation. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, and I, and I don't even know if I can, uh, pull out the, the scripture reference, but talking about when you're sta- you know, stand at the crossroads, standing at the crossroads and watching and considering, and we always talk about, um, 
it's important to tell our story to other people, to tell our, in this case, uh, our transition story and how God has led us. And, and just it's, it's perspective. Uh, it helps us gain perspective, get perspective. Um, but I hear you saying it's also, it's important to tell your story, but it's also important to document your story in some way. I, I just think the whole journaling process, mm-hmm. even though I'm not necessarily trying to document it, yeah. becomes a document. It becomes yeah. a statement of faith. It becomes a track to roll on. I'm sitting here thinking right now, Tim, of when I came to Chico in 1978. Mm-hmm. And I, it's just as real to me today as it was then mm-hmm. because I tracked it all. We came up here for a Wednesday through Sunday back in, um, oh, I think it was early October of mm-hmm. 78, first weekend in October. And I still, I could go out today and find somewhere in a file uh, those those yellow, that yellow pad of sheets that I journaled that whole five days and mm-hmm. the days before and beyond, told the story to myself, rehearsed it with the Lord. I can remember early one morning, just after the sun came up, walking the streets of downtown Chico uh, near the motel where Joanne and I were staying and walking the streets and talking to the Lord and and discussing this transition that we were in and realizing how he had masterfully Mm. brought this all together and brought it about. It's it's an amazing story. Let me give you a couple little ideas about what God did back then, just a couple of little things. In that summer, the Lord put on my brother's heart to just say to me, Ray, it's time for you to make a change. My brother got this from the Lord. So he got on a plane and flew to Southern California where I was living. He spent 24 hours and he came simply for one reason, to bring me a message. And the message was, Ray, it's time for you to leave here. It's time for you to change. And so after he went home, I prayed about that. I waited to hear what God would say. I got two basic instructions. One of them was to send my resume to Chico First Assembly. The other was to send an application to reconnect with uh, our denomination in this district of Northern California. And so both of those had a challenge to me because the very first I had ever heard about Chico First Assembly, my, my cousin had said, Chico First Assembly is open. And I said, I don't want to go to Chico. <laughs> and so later the spirit said to me, send your resume to Chico. Well. I did. It's the only place I sent my resume. And I will tell you what happened on Chico's end. A retired pastor was serving in an interim position at Chico First Assembly, a lovely man, a wonderful man of God. And he was coming in every morning and connecting with the secretary and then any envelopes that were addressed to the board of the church. He would take unopened And he would lay them on a shelf in the pastor's office. And the next time the board convened, they would open those envelopes and peruse those resumes. On this particular morning, he walked into the secretary's office. She handed him the envelopes. There were three of them. He went back into the pastor's office. He looked at them, laid them down on the shelf, except for one. He held this one in his hand. It was unopened. He laid it on the shelf. Later, when he got home, he said to his wife, I held in my hand today the resume of our next pastor. (laughs) Guess whose it was? (laughs) And I will tell you, it's the interaction. It's the relationship. 
of knowing that God is in control, that we don't have to be in control, that gets us through these transitions and causes them to become meaningful and, and, and growth-producing in our life. And mm-hmm. so the, the journaling is part of the relating to God. Yeah. The praying, the reading, the journaling, it's all part of understanding how God is involved with us and how he's leading us through these basic transitions in our life. Yeah, yeah. And I hear you, I, when I hear you talking and sharing your story, I, I, it keeps, you know, I keep, keep coming back to the, this idea of, um, of having anchors uh, throughout our journey or places, good footholds, places where we can step confidently, even in unknown, uncertain times. Um, and uh, because, you know, whether it's a, a kind of a rug pulled out transition or forced transition that can send us reeling and, and lacking confidence in the next, what's, you know, and asking those questions, what's next? How do I know? All, so many of those questions that, that are out there looming. Um, but it could also be a transition that we choose for ourselves. We still need those anchor points. Um, there's a, a quote by William Bridges um, in his book called The Way of Transition. And he says, as rock climbers try to move only one hand or foot at a time, keeping the other three points of contact with the rock solid. So the person in transition will usually do well to use the rest of his or her life as a series of holds while making a transition elsewhere. And, and so I think we're talking about some of these holds If you've, you know, you've hinted at uh, a number of them, the journaling, the prayer, the word of God, a number of these holds um, that you've used to uh, navigate uh, transition seasons in your own life. Um, can you tell us about some of those, maybe some non-negotiables for you? What are some non-negotiables for you in terms of no matter where you are, um, what season you're in, uh, if it's turbulent or calm or uh, transition or not, what are some uh, habits and practices that don't change even through the most uh, tumultuous times? So I was reading and praying through Proverbs 3 this morning. I had encountered it the other day for something else I was doing. I'm writing another curriculum for a prayer school right now. And um, so Verse 5 and 6 are usually pretty well known to most people who have a walk with the Lord. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. In other words, who's in control really? In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Let's take the rock climbing analogy because you just uh, quoted from a fellow. Um, this, This idea of trusting. A rock climber, I've watched it. I've never done it. Well, I've done it a little bit as a kid when I lived on, near Mount Shasta. We used to climb up in the rocks. But a real rock climber who's doing face rock climbing uh, a mile off the ground or whatever, uh, when I've watched work, what they do with their hands and their feet, they never just reach over and grab something and move. They reach and then they test. Mm. They put their foot down and then they test. They test. They test to see if that next hold is going to actually hold before they release any of the hold other hold points. And if we want to use that analogy, the four things that I've mentioned this morning, three of them, and I'm adding the fourth now, three, uh, one is uh, 
Keep a journal of your relationship with God. Keep a journal of the Word of God. Keep a journal of your prayers to God. Those are three holding points. Those are footholds. I've done them so much through my lifetime, Tim, that I know that those are solid anchor points. Yeah. The, the fourth, it's non-negotiable, but it's also the most difficult, and it's called trust. Hmm. Trust in the Lord. To me, that's a non-negotiable. I can't negotiate my trust in the Lord. Hmm. I had to decide at some point that he is trustworthy. He yeah. can be trusted with my transition. I can't see ahead. I can't know everything. A lot of things we do. We do in good faith. We do with some expectation. Or we do with some acceptance if it wasn't something we wanted to choose. But the non-negotiable in all of this is don't depend on yourself. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. I, I'll tell you what. I feel sad for people who don't carry on a relationship with God. And I'm even talking about some Christians whose idea of a relationship with God is going to church and hanging out with your Christian friends. Hey, I'm telling you right now, going to church and hanging out with your Christian friends won't cut it when you're looking for that next holding place mm. as you climb the face of the rock. Yeah, yeah. But trusting that God is providing that next handhold or that next foothold, trusting that God has already been there and you can count on him. In right. all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. So don't be wise in your own opinion. Mm -hmm. Hear the Lord and turn away from evil. That has been the glue that binds all of my other holding points together. It's yeah. trusting God, trusting his sovereignty, trusting his wisdom, trusting his love for me, his acceptance of me, knowing that I belong to him mm. and he cares. That's great. Yeah. You know, I, I want to kind of pause here and, and, and go back to something you mentioned uh, early on in, in our conversation about you mentioned leaving the decision to leave the pastorate altogether. Yes. And, and this is something, this is something that um, is really common to a lot of us in full-time ministry, whether that be in pastoral ministry or, or missions um, and something I struggled with personally as we, after 20 years, uh, made a decision to transition back to the to the U.S. Uh, following all those years overseas. Right. Um, the whole idea of calling, because we talk so much about it, uh, about calling uh, in in the ministry context, and 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 we even see how God calls us, and God calls His people, He calls His prophets, He calls His anointed ones, and so there's right. this something that gets kind of just. Uh, uh, just really instilled in you about I'm called to do this. And yet, how do you, how do you um, negotiate that in terms of transition when you're feeling like a total shift out of something that you've been doing for so long? Um, in my case, uh, as a missionary overseas, in your case, as a full-time pastor, how do you negotiate that transition um, and do all the things we're talking about today and, and not allow, um, 
Well, I guess just to reframe or redefine the calling, I'm not sure what I'm getting at, but maybe. maybe I, I hear you. Let okay. me help you with that. Okay. Let me help you with that. Because for me, I had already been in full-time ministry for 50 years. Right. So it wasn't as if I was a novice or just suddenly making a changeover or just mm-hmm. suddenly wanted out of ministry. None of that happened. I was, um, what, I was probably 57, 58 years old. And, um, and so this was a very interesting time for Joanne and me because something new happened to us. In the year 2000, God introduced me to a whole aspect of my, who I am, where I came from, that I hadn't paid any attention to my whole life. I happened to be Native American on my mother's side. And in the year 2000, the Lord reintroduced me to my Native American roots, my heritage. And it absolutely slammed me. It just had an impact because the Lord was preparing to segue us from full-time pastoring into something else altogether. I won't go through all the details. I'll simply tell you that the year 2000 was a watershed and the beginning of the inward transition that would lead to the stepping out of pastoral ministry. I didn't deliberately just decide I didn't want to pastor anymore. Right. It came because God gave me a whole new revelation of who I am, where I came from, and what could be if I would just let him guide me along the path. By the year 2002, we were um, solidly understanding that this was a shift. There was going to be a major change. We prepared for it. We started thinking in that direction. And then the day came when we hitched up our RV and drove out of our last pastoral town, drove away. We drove to Chico and parked our RV and waited to see what God would do next. Now the adventure was on. Mm -hmm. Well, in the course of time, it took a couple of years. But by 2005, we were associated with a uh, a major Christian ministry, what I would call an adventure ranch up near the Oregon border in California. And we landed there and we lived there for 10 years. That was that was the place where we developed the prayer schools and ran prayer schools for six uh, summers and did prayer school ministries in between. Um, I heard myself saying after a season, Tim, to the friends who would come, we would we would get a new group of people every week attending one of our prayer schools all week every week during the summer, and they would come live with us for a week. We did life together. That's how we conducted our prayer schools on this ranch. Hmm. These people came, they lived in our house, we did life together, we spent a week together, then they went home and carried out what they'd been learning. And I heard myself saying to them, the Lord took me out of my vocation and placed me in my destiny. Hmm. I was always destined to do what I'm doing now, but it wasn't my vocation. My calling is to be like Jesus. My calling is to serve God. My vocation was pastoring, and that ended. But I wasn't done when my vocation ended. I was walking into another season of my life that I wanted to call my destiny. That's where I live today, because I've had another major transition since then, which is leaving that 10-year stint and settling into what might look to some like retirement, but I'm still in my destiny. Hmm. The thing that called us forward is still a calling in my life. And I mentioned, I am right now writing a new curriculum for another prayer school. I've been asked to teach it at YWAM. And so a couple months from now, that's the next thing I will do. 
I don't see myself ever not ministering. We are just uh, preparing right now. We've already made the contact. There's a young couple living here in ministry, and we've already made uh, the connection. We're going to start mentoring them for the next year. Wonderful. And so we're in. We're still in our calling. Yeah. Yes. It just looks different, and God has taken us through the transition times. Yes. I'm so glad you you put it that way and mentioned just the kind of the distinction between vocation and calling and our destiny, like you said, is to be like Jesus, to be conformed to his image. We have a future and a hope with him in whatever direction as we trust him to lead, whatever direction of vocational work and ministry he leads us into. Um Correct. So you're, yes, you're an inspiration, Pastor Ray. I really appreciate you sharing that and how it helps us, uh, fellow transitioners, to to not maybe associate guilt or shame or remorse with leaving a role where we've kind of wrapped our identity around that role and who we are. Well, no, I'm more than that. I'm in Christ. You know, my identity yeah. is in Him, and so. Yeah. Yeah, always another, I guess you could say another anchor point we could just kind of uh, leave with our listeners today. Um, be reminded of, of who we are, ultimately, who we are and, and who what our identity is, uh, ultimately, in Christ. So, yeah. I can't say it's easy. I will say right. this. There have been several times in the last few, uh, in the last two or three years, where I have thought to myself, wow, I should be pastoring again. Mm -hmm. I can imagine myself doing that. And then the reality hits me how old I am and how much I don't want to do that again. <laughs> and yeah. I, and that, so it doesn't take long to get past that fantasy. Oh, I could go pastor again. No, I really can't. God really has led me to where I am. Yeah. The Lord really is using me in this role. Yeah. God really does have his hand on me and I can trust him as I move forward and stay in my calling. Absolutely. Yes. Well, this has been this has been a, a great conversation. Thank you for sharing, Pastor Ray. Do you have a, just as we wrap up this this uh, time together? Do you have any last word of encouragement for fellow transitioners out there uh, listening to the podcast today? I absolutely do. It's one of my favorite mottos. I say it to anybody who will listen these days. It's get up and show up. Get up every day, knowing that God is leading and then show up to wherever you're supposed to be. Don't let any negative feelings keep you from doing life together with the Lord who has called you and is leading you. Get up and show up. Thank you, Pastor Ray. A great, uh, a great word of uh, exhortation and encouragement for everyone out there listening today. Get up and show up. You've been <laughs> listening to a conversation with Pastor Ray Shelton about finding and maintaining our footing in transition seasons. Thanks so much, Pastor Ray, for being on the show. God bless, Tim. As you navigate transition, make a list of some non-negotiables that can remain a part of any transition you go through. Why are they important? How are your core values and beliefs represented here? How can these non-negotiables function as holds for you as you make your transition climb? As a coach, I'm passionate about helping you discover what those anchor points are during transition seasons. Book a discovery call with me at EncompassLifeCoaching.com if you're interested to learn more how working with a coach can help you grow during this season of transition. 
Thanks for joining me today, everybody, for this episode of Navigate Podcast. I've been your host, Tim Austin. And if this has been helpful to you, would you mind rating the podcast, writing a review, and sharing on social media? And of course, you can subscribe so that you're sure to get in on the next episode of Navigate. I'll see you there.